everybody. I'm Chris. I'm Adrian. And I'm Jimmy. Hey, welcome to Worldview Finder. And we are talking about Christian art today. We're talking about Peter Pan and Wendy, mm. our favorite. And, um, and our phones. We have a Florida foible. Oh, our yes. phones, games, mm, lots phone, of stuff. Phone games, all that stuff. Phone so, games. but first, I want yeah, I want to talk about Christian art mm. versus art made by Christians. So, one of our friend of the show, you, hey, yep. You can leave comments on our YouTube thing, on our Spotify. I think there's... What, can you leave comments, leave comments on this? I think. I don't know. On YouTube. our... On our... Instagram. Worldview.finder. Um, all those yeah. things to contact us. And so, uh, Luke Helm, fan of the show. I said his last name, so don't spam him. We'll um, believe it. <laughs> but, uh, no, but he... Because he, we talked a couple weeks ago about Christian art, how sometimes it's mm-hmm. not great. But he's like, well, what's the difference between like art made by Christians... In Christian art, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good question." So, so I was thinking yeah. about that because, like, growing up, I listened to like all Christian music. Like, that was well, an Andrew Lloyd Webber show tunes, but. as we have previously discussed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Twilight Express. Um, I don't know why that one pops in my head, but this uh, guy did Family Opera and all that fun stuff. But, but yeah. So besides, like. Broadway show tunes. I like mm-hmm. most, like almost everything I listened to was Christian music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so did you like, was that something you grew up listening to? Uh, Growing up? No, I was, I was into 2000s hip hop for a long time. Ah, not Christian. Okay. Not Christian. 2000. Well, I'm trying to think when Christian hip hop like actually became good. It didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> oh, wow. um, no, like Lecrae and like some John people. Rubin. John Rubin, I <laughs> love. I still love John Rubin. He's great. Um, Rubin, uh, but but yeah. So so you were in the early two thousands hip hop. Yep. So that was before I got saved, and then I listened to more just Christian contemporary music, just all kinds of that. And then now I'll listen to some Christian rap, and then some music I can just kind of get hyped or dance to if I'm like at the gym. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I forgot to say this last time, but uh, just because we talk about something doesn't mean we endorse it. It's true. Go oh, listen yeah. to episode one. Yep. Episode uh, one talks yeah. about that. So, um, but mm-hmm. with um, with you, like, did you always like Christian music? Because that was yeah. I mean, my first album was a Tarzan. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, great. Let's cut that out. <laughs> my first album. Cut that out. <laughs> Leave it in. There's no editing in this thing. <laughs> All right. Trey, cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> my first album was Tarzan. Um, my first CD. I love that but, movie. You know Phil Collins. Tarzan. Oh, it's oh, a different Tarzan. No, the Disney one. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Phil Collins. Phil he Collins like wrote the song. I didn't oh, know that so was. good. Uh, but anyway, no, I just listened to basically whatever you listened to, which was we're like, hey, Five Iron Frenzy, Five Iron Frenzy, the Bleach, you know, all, all those. Oh, Bleach. Yeah. So, so it was like punk. I, uh, Christian punk rock. Yeah, I grew oh. up in the era when Christian like music was actually good. Now, oh. Christian, yeah. Christian music is not good nowadays, like, unfortunately. I feel like it... Uh, if you go in, like, the folk oh, route, yeah. there is some pretty good artists okay. around I, there. I'll give you that. There are some good artists, but, like, mainstream Christian stuff. Cause oh, like, yeah, no. Because, like, Audio Adrenaline... Um, Bleach, Reliant K, yeah. like, like they, they were a mainstream at the time. Yeah, like, it was, like, popular stuff. And then, like, even... Uh, Jeff Moore in the distance. I have one of their albums, uh, but like wow. Steve Curtis Chapman, like they like they were making stuff that was like, it, it felt like they were like actually creating stuff that was good. Like I mean, DC Talk, like they were real yeah. big and all that I stuff. I mean, there's some few like Maverick City and things like that. There's like some pretty good. Yeah, but Maverick City, like I like if you played me a Maverick City song 
a Elevation Worship, um, Bethel, and like any of those three, and even Hillsong stuff, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between them. So Maverick City is like a choir, so you that's like bringing it back. Let's school. bring some Kanye Sunday service. And <laughs> yeah, see if we did that yeah. Back, back when Kanye was normal. That's true. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say. Oh my normal. gosh. Okay. <laughs> so now it's our Kanye <laughs> segment. At Thanksgiving, uh, <laughs> our oldest brother Nathan was playing the Kanye album in his house, the, the Jesus. Jesus is King one, and my niece was like, "What is this?" And um, my sister-in-law was like. This is uh, your daddy's Jesus music. And I was like, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like that album, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. It's good. It's no, good. That was kind of fun. But uh, anyway. Your daddy's Jesus music. <laughs> so I think with with art, like like art that is blatantly Christian would be art that is like, about Jesus, about yes. the things of the Bible, about yeah. like Christian yeah. things and art made by Christians would be like, I, I think NF fits into that. Like where it's yeah. like, he's a Christian and his art like is just about life. And like, and because he's a Christian, like that mm-hmm. worldview is, I guess it sneaks in there, but like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's intentional in there. And so, but it's not like his songs aren't about like the Bible and about like that kind of stuff. But like, our whole podcast is about this, the worldview of their art Yes. Is biblical. Right. And it points to truth. Yes. And so, um, and so I think like, like, I, I think that's becoming more popular because there's, because, because Nate Bargatze is a comedian that I love, but like his, mm-hmm. like his whole thing, I think, and he has never blatantly said this, but I think like behind the scenes, like his, his goal is to help people know who Jesus is. Like he wants to make good family friendly content and he's like helped comedians because he's like making that now that he's big time like there's these comedians that have been in it for maybe longer than he has or mm-hmm. are up and coming and he like helps him like produce a special that they put on his youtube channel and so it's like but he produces it and does a really good job at it and like it's like a something that would be on netflix or something but he wants it for his his channel the natelian brand but the guys on the podcast, like they'll talk about the Bible. They'll talk about um, like the thing, like one guy's a Catholic, one guy is a crazy conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> theorist guy, but like knows the Bible really well. Like it's really? funny. And then another guy's like been a Christian a really long time. And so is Nate. And they like, they'll, so they'll talk about their faith some, but it's not like he doesn't do Christian comedy, but like yeah. his right. comedy, like even like his last special, um, Hello World on Amazon, which was a great special. Uh, we should do a comedy episode one time. Like, yeah. I, I, love, I mean, but uh, but he talks about like growing up, he's like, my parents became Christian like when everybody was the most Christian, like in the yeah. like, uh, like late early, like the early and late 90s. And he's like, he's like, man, like, and so he talks about like how certain words he won't say that like he feels like are cuss words. That, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I won't even say that word. And my sister's saying it all the time because she was younger <laughs> and all this stuff. And he's like, but, but he, he like kind of brings that in like, Hey, I, this is what I do. Like, this is who I am. And he'll talk about going to church and stuff like that. And so it's just interesting that, but like his stuff, like you wouldn't call him a Christian comic. I think, yeah. right. I think he got labeled that one time. It was funny. It was like, Fox News, like the most popular Christian comic. And he's like, I don't know. It's not like he doesn't. Right, he doesn't his yeah. Content isn't Christian. Well, I do think what's interesting is a lot of Christians who want to make generally good art rather than just Christian art. I think a lot of times they do kind of bury that fact or they don't promote themselves as Christian artists. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that is, is because as soon as you label someone a Christian artist, you automatically think, okay, they're in this subpar category. Right. It's not mm-hmm. as good as the mainstream stuff. 
Right. Or that, biases are already built in, so yeah. people don't want to engage with that. Yeah. Because, I mean, even even the music that I like listened to growing up, I was like, I thought this was really good music. And then people are like, wow, that's Christian music. And so it's not good. And you're like, but then you like show them somebody like an F or show them five iron frenzy scars coming back. No, they're like, <laughs> yeah. But I, they're like, Oh, this is actually good music. Cause yeah. like ska was like good back in the day. Still is. Still in my heart. is good. I love ska. I know. I have no idea what you're saying. Ska, it's like, it's, it's like punk rock, but with like saxophones and trumpets. trumpets. It's like, yeah, trumpets. It's, it's like, like a, mixture, a mixture of big band with like punk rock. Uh, oh, so I'll, good. I'll play some stuff for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Look okay. So, well, let's talk favorites, favorite artists that are Christians and Christian artists. Okay. I, okay. I'll go with mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mine are actually like artists, artists, um, artists. In, in the, yeah. So actually I, um, I'll talk about this more later, but I went to the Q conference, which is now think, um, with a in, Q, T H I N Q. Yeah, in That's Nashville. Weird. Wasn't that like the brand of light bulbs for? I don't know. Smart bulbs. I don't know. I just, uh, leave it down but in the comments. It's, um, it's about like thinking, thinking creatively, having good conversations, having wise conversations, that that kind of thing. So there's a, a wide range of people that speak. They get nine or eighteen minutes, so it's like kind of a bunch of TED talk oh, yeah, yeah. type of things. Uh, but one of them was a calligraphist, and he is the, the one of nine master calligraphers in the world. And so I actually... What was his name? Jake Weedman. Okay, I don't know him. <laughs> you know <laughs> all nine I might know one. I know you might know one, and it's not... I went to college with him. <laughs> really? I don't know if he's a master calligrapher, but he was, he was good. He was pretty good at it. Um, pretty good. Are you sure you don't know? He had a thing at Cedarville, anyway. Um I don't know. There's Mr. Weedman. Yeah, right. But anyway, twice. so he, I actually <laughs> took um, a breakout class from him where he talked about calligraphy and the history of it. I just imagine him drawing like a curly Q mustache on people. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to do face painting with calligraphy. I don't know if that's calligraphy. <laughs> no, he, he was like, okay. no, he had a, he had like the board and he was drawing, like doing calligraphy and you could see it up on the screen oh, kind okay. of thing. Um, and he, it was incredible, but he was talking about like he had us start by just making ovals, and he said he talks about how the written language there's like I don't know how many versions of calligraphy, but he talked about how all of them had something to do with nature, yeah. and they were like essentially pointing to God, mm. and so he sees his art as like this very sacred practice. Mm. And so I was looking at, you know, I started following him on Instagram and stuff. And he does, he like writes out hymns and all this. It is incredible. So like him and again on Instagram, Scott, the painter, he's a graphic designer. Not a painter? No, not a painter. Shouldn't it be Scott, the graphic <laughs> designer? Scott, the painter is a designer. <laughs> he started out as painting, but he's very Christian art, yeah. but it's extremely thought-provoking and cool and it makes me think about my faith in a different way yeah wow calligraphy yeah I never, I knew isn't that crazy yeah i would have never thought you know it's like, all based on age but how does one become a master calligraphist oh there's just do it like 30 years test and the fine he told us his final test is you have to write your own certificate of graduation and <laughs> in front of this like panel that Goodness. watches you do it and you have like if you mess up you have one more chance 
And then if you don't, you have to start the whole like program. schooling program what? all over again. Oh man, this <laughs> is crazy. The clear of so, the world is cutthroat. Well, that's like there's only nine. That's <laughs> He's true. one of them. So uh, yeah, I spelled my name wrong. But his his mentor was the calligrapher penman for the White House because that you know writing those big crazy documents and stuff. Anyways, he wrote the declaration. He did. He did. <laughs> yeah. He's a master calligrapher. Uh, that's crazy. Man, I. Mine are dumb. <laughs> what are they? Because, <laughs> no, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe Nate Bargatze, because I feel like... Well, he's a artist. Artist who's who, a Christian. Okay, we're doing Christian artists right now. Oh, sorry. I didn't do my artist who is a Christian. Oh, I, I thought that was Scott both. the Painter. No, yeah, you just, both of them are Christ, like blatantly Christian uh, So calligraphy guy, he only writes Christian things. Well, I don't know. Probably See? not, but he does like hymns and stuff. Okay. Well, I would say, Jesus. okay, like Tolkien is probably my favorite okay. Christian I... writer. Okay. It's, like yeah. he's a Christian, but not like writes Christian <laughs> yeah. things. Right. Oh. Um. Now I'm confused. Okay. So, so just say, say you're like NF. You, I think NF. NF is your favorite. Yeah. NF. Well, Nate Bargatze, but I don't even like. That's the thing about Nate, because I don't even like put him in that category. But he is a so Christian. he's an artist and he's a Christian. That's what, yeah. I'm that's what that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So so Nate Bargazzi and Nate Feuerstein. That's what we're gonna have to say. The double Nates. Uh, Nate squared. So yeah, I like those guys. Um, favorite artist who's a Christian though. Only thing on that. No favorite Christian artist. Yeah, that one. I don't let me think. Okay, about I, so I, I'll say mine because. Uh, uh, so me and my wife recently had watched The Chosen, and that was very Christian. You had to? No, no, no. We recently started oh, watching. Okay. So we recently started watching The Chosen, and that is very much Christian art, but it's also done in, like, it's, uh, the storytelling is really good, the cinematography, it's really well produced. So it doesn't see, because I've seen, like, His Only Son was a Christian movie. <laughs> Not recommend. It was terrible. <laughs> we I, talked about that. What, still, I don't know what episode. Still angry about it. Yeah. It was a, a, on one of the episodes. But this Christian art was actually w- really well produced. So that would be mine for the Christian artist. Okay. Angel Studios. Angel Studios. Now, what about? An artist I, well, Christian. and like I said before, it, I don't know, because obviously I like enough. Uh, but I don't know a whole lot of other artists that I'm really into that are Christian because and I know who who Ryan Trahan. Oh, that's true. Okay, so that would be mine. But he's Who's recently that? Christian, so he's a YouTuber uh, that does a lot of these fun kind of. He's the guy who delivered a penny to Mr. Beast and did like living off a of penny challenge for a month. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So probably my favorite YouTuber, and he's a Christian now. So thank you, Chris. Yeah, you're welcome. Cool. See, because my always go-to is Five Iron Frenzy, but like I haven't really listened have, to them for a long time, and they've kind of. Could they have Christian, like they talk about God and stuff in their lyrics? Yeah, yeah. So it'd be his favorite Christian artist. Oh I, I yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah, Artist yeah. who's a Christian, but yeah, a Christian artist. Um, I I don't know. I Brian Trahan. <laughs> yeah, right. <Ryan. laughs> well, Ryan. you got music. You got books. I mean, I remember I you being into like Ted Decker. Ooh, Ted Decker. But see, like a lot of the stuff I haven't, I don't know, because I, I surround time. myself with Christian culture so much. I'm like, I don't know who my favorite is by this. The oh, and I can't, I don't even know the guy's name. So that that's not a good one. But um, <laughs> you like him so much, you don't. No, but I well, I read a book, um, Death to Deconstruction, and the author of that was 
like I like his whole thing was really good. He's also the lead singer for Showbread, but like his stuff is blatantly Christian, but like really good. Like the way he like views life in the world and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I liked I like that book. Cool. But I don't know. That's all right. deconstruction. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Peter Pan and Wendy? You want to talk yeah, about Yeah. So, okay. Peter Pan and Wendy just came out on um, Disney+. Plus. Came out on the 28th. So, uh, we're big Peter Pan fans in our house. So, we watched it last night. Um, okay. So, my first thing is, like, Peter Pan, all the remakes tend to not do well because they try to make backstory <laughs> whereas like <laughs> no one cares yeah peter we pan just is just a very classic just like adventure story yeah does it have some pretty like <laughs> racially inappropriate things with the indians yes oh good. Uh, like, Americans. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly <Please. laughs> there growing up on peter pan has made me this way no um but but when you try to give context to captain hook why he is the way he is and all that i think that's kind of where it fails um, and it becomes not necessarily a kid's story yeah. anymore. And those things like my son just kind of glossed over. And I think it kind of became boring to him. Mm. But the boring. movie is very beautifully, like visually stunning type of, type of thing. But I, I had a quote that I wanted to read you guys. Oh. Because this to me is like the whole worldview of the thing. So Captain Hook before he grew up, was best friends with Peter Pan. That's this what? kind of concept in this. Ooh, I now see. I like that backstory. Okay. Well, I'll see. All right. Uh, now I want it. So, but he missed his mom. So Peter Pan banished him to go look for his mom, and then he grew up while he was gone. Oh my goodness. So, Wendy said she's talking to Captain Hook, and she says, "Why come back at all if Peter hurt you?" And he said, "Because he was my friend, and I'd been happy here." And she said, you could be happy again. And he said, no, my time for joy is lost. Everything I could have been has been reduced to this. And then he shows her his hook and he says, this is what growing up looks like. And she said, no, this is what it looks like when you grow up wrong. Okay, now this, this is a really good line that Captain Hook says. He goes, you find me a child who truly knows the difference between right and wrong. And I'll show you a man who can't remember why it mattered in the first place. Oh, what? Wait, so I got deep. You show me a child that knows the difference between right and wrong, and I'll show you a man who can't remember why it mattered in the first place. Like the difference between right and wrong. Yeah, like why knowing that difference matters. Ooh. So, to me, that was kind of the the worldview. Like of, there's no difference between right and wrong. It's or, just perspective. Yeah. Of other people. Yeah. So that, oh, what's the name of that? Um, where it's like, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. Where it's like, it doesn't matter. Everything's like, subjective. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everything's subjective. Like you can believe what you believe and I can believe what I believe, but this is how I grew up. And so my life is different than yours. And so don't tell me, don't push your worldview on me because. This yeah. Is I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's necessarily that. But I think what he's saying is, like, if you find me a child who knows the difference between right and wrong, I'll show you a man like himself. Yeah. Of why it mattered. Because, like, if Peter Pan knows the difference, but he's supposed to be the good guy, you know, if he knows the difference between right and wrong, like, it didn't matter to him because he still hurt Hook. Do you think? Yeah. So, So he's saying kids do know the difference between right and wrong? Well, I don't know. He's just, he truly knows. Well, what's happening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 
I think you're saying I think you're saying no, but like the kids don't know the difference. They truly know the difference yeah. because Peter Pan had the ability to hurt him. Okay, so but, but I like that line that she said. You that's the product of growing up wrong. Yeah. Because and then but then like because that's the thing like we don't want to be told we're wrong. And she's like, no, you had like there were some bad things that happened to you. And he's like, no, mm-hmm. no, like you. And he tries to brush it off of like you can't tell me what I did is wrong. And so, I mean, that's, that's our society. It's like, you can't mm-hmm. tell, you can't say like, no, that's wrong. Or that, that doesn't line up with life in general. Like, no, this is how I want to live. Right. So, and that's what they, they make, they make Peter Pan and Hook very morally gray, which is, again, I think a worldview that our society has is yeah, that, yeah. and definitely pushing and basically every sense of of media is like everyone is morally gray so it's the choices you make that make you good or bad yeah and that um the series of unfortunate events well i don't know did you ever read those uh, no unless they had the audiobook uh, yeah i read some of them? them okay so because no, in the end that was a spoiler for the whole thing so just all right spoiler but, but like Ooh. but they try to make the yeah they try to make the bad guy kind of not so bad towards the end you're like Oh, and like this was his motivation, or this, is, and then like the kids, like they have to do some bad things to make right. Like, mm-hmm. so does the ends justify the means? And so it's kind of that. Like it's like, like you you've liked these characters and you've disliked this character, but you're like, oh, they're trying to make it. And I so I didn't like that series because of that because you're like, oh, oh so make- interesting. So I did hear an interesting quote that and kind of goes along with that. It said, "You can't hate someone who you fully understand." And so even if we're talking about, you know, the 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 stereotypical villains in a movie, it's like if you do see the or even just people in life, it's like this person's just terrible. But I think in a lot of situations, if you were that person and you went through what they went through and you were in the environment that they they were in, in that environment. There's a good chance that you'd be doing the same things that they are. You make those same choices. So. Exactly. So you can't get on your moral high horse and be like, well, I'm just better than this person. I would never do that. They're just a terrible person, and they're just doing it because they're a terrible person. But, I mean, a lot of the terrible, terrible people, it's because of the terrible things that they've gone through have kind of made them into the person that they are. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you fully understand that, you're like, well, I can't hate them for that. Yeah, and that, that's why I think like giving backstory to villains though, because like in in most movies like it's like I'm supposed to dislike this guy and I'm supposed to like this guy. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, oh yeah, and then but then there's usually a point where the bad guy is like, no, we're the same, and you're like, right? Like you're like, whoa, you're not the same. And you're like, yeah. yeah, but the difference is, and they're like, yeah, you are trying to kill the whole world. And you're like, right. oh, I did it for love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but. It's like Bowser in the Mario movie. It's like he's just, a, but he just wants to have love. That's why he doesn't. <laughs> oh man. Um, so, but yeah, uh, but that I mean, I, I feel more and more movies are going towards that route of like, like this isn't necessarily the bad guy anymore. It's yep. like, oh, I have to. They're have sympathetic. Well, that's what yeah. I thought about the like the new Joker movie. It's like because you have Batman and Joker, but then you have like kind of Joker's backstory. Yeah, know? I didn't mm-hmm. actually watch it, but. And I then Gorilla Deville, yeah, like they yeah. have hers, you know, and the, I think they're doing a lot of those backstories and you're just kind of like, mm. sometimes you they're tiring though, because you're like, I just want to kind of see representation of just like this person is bad because they're bad. I think yeah. that's, we like those stories as humans. And so sometimes when you, that's why I think some of the Peter Pan movies aren't doing so well because yeah. pe- like 
part of the joy of Peter Pan was that Captain Hook is just like he's a mean guy. He's yeah. he's a bad guy, but he's also really silly and like <laughs> yeah. flamboyant and all this stuff. Yeah. And you're just like. I love to see him being chased by a silly crocodile and like oh, Hook, everyone. So good. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Hook, I mean, does that. Like, it makes him like kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, and so you. Smee, stop me, me. Right. <laughs> so you uh, just kind of, you enjoy that like whimsy and stuff. And so when you try to bog certain things down with the heavy backstories, then then that doesn't become fun anymore. I don't know what that yeah. says about yeah. <laughs> me or whatever. <laughs> and the Creole DeVille, like I actually liked that movie because it like at the end, it shows that like, she's not a nice person. Like, like yes, mm. like you understand why she made those choices, yeah. but it's like, yeah. no, but she came to a wrong conclusion. Sure. And so but you grew up wrong. <laughs> that's what, that's yeah. what Wendy's like, saying. Yeah. And, and so it's like you, you came to a wrong conclusion based on what you thought you needed to do. Yeah. And so, so I like, so I like that movie because people are like, oh, it glorifies the bad guy. I was like, not really. Like at the end, like her friends don't really like her, but yeah. they, like, yeah. she's like, oh, you're going to do this. And they're like, I liked it better when you were this way or whatever. Yep. And yeah. so you kind of like see her demise. Well, so. yeah. And I think it's important what we've, we've talked about with the worldview is if you don't know whether the worldview that they're portraying is necessarily good or bad, like play it out. And so it's like Corella might seem cool or like, ooh, I like her now. Cool. She's sympathetic. It's like but play out that her living in that worldview yeah. further and see she becomes a puppy murderer. Yeah. And you see that it it's not sustainable and it's yeah. not a truthful yeah. worldview. So hey. And with that, what's our next segment? It's time for Florida Foibles. All right. Um, so this, this was a little bit ago. This was in April, less than a week left to legally block bats from your Florida home before maternity season. What does that even mean? So illegal in Florida to kill or harm bats. Here's what you need to do instead. And so it's, so it's the article about how to bat proof your home because oh. the, the start of bat maternity season, uh, once they get in your house, you cannot remove them. what? What? <laughs> yeah. You can't remove them? During this season. So once April 15th hit, uh, so sorry, Floridians, if you're listening. Like, you you had, and there's bats in your house. You had your chance. Yeah. So Because they're basically, they're going to have babies? Yeah. In your so house. So the in last house. day that you can legally exclude, remove, and block bats that are roosting in your home or building was April 15th. So like right around tax, tax day. day. I know, that's what I said. Bat, like, there's bats day bats and, and there's tax. Tax day and bat day. <laughs> there's two certain things in Florida. Bats, bats and tax. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but like you, like because they're a protected species in Florida, you you cannot kill or harm them. Have you guys ever had a bat in your house? Uh, at our old church. Oh, yeah. There was one that was... They would just show up, and we had a, a guy, Lucas. Like the bat He's like, catcher. What's up, guys? <laughs> we, we, we would call Lucas, yeah, the bat and, guy. and he would like take care of it. Yeah, we called. Yes, we had one. Wait, we thought we had one here, and better. I called him. I was like, "Hey, how do you get rid of bats?" And he's like, <laughs> "Hey, you just take a broom and knock him into a, a box." Step one: see if it's before April fifteenth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's not, the date? Yeah, and so. Oh my goodness. So you can't. Uh, Move bat them. exclusion is a multi-step process. It begins by identifying all potential bat entry and exit points in a building. So, so you have to like be able to to legally exclude them. Like they have to be ex- like you have to do this all before wow. April fifteenth. If you don't, if you don't bat proof your home before that, babies, bat <laughs> <Yeah>. babies, <laughs> bat babies in your house everywhere. Oh Did you have a bat like in your house? Time. Yes. 
Uh, we're not even sure how it got in. I, you didn't I bat think it was on like our wreath or something when we opened the door oh. and it got in. But we, <laughs> I have a video. I feel like I need to post this on our Instagram. So check out Instagram. I'll put it on there. Um, where <laughs> Andy, my husband and I are both, we have blankets over our heads and brooms out oh, gosh. and we're just like crawling around oh, the house man. trying to knock it out. Um, but we learned that you actually turn all the lights on in your house and open all the doors and oh. then they'll go out because they're looking for dark. Like, ah, man, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the office is when they catch the bat. And, oh uh, yeah. And Dwight they put catches it over it on Meredith's head <laughs> and it's like in there because <laughs> oh, like, like everybody's out and she was in the bathroom or something. He's like, ah! <laughs> like she runs out and just, Oh, it's just brilliant. I like that scene is so funny. Yeah. Um, so speaking of bats on the brain, um, Hannah, our friend, yeah, friend of the show, Hannah wrote in about yeah. she want to hear about Nintendo Brain. So we can we do <laughs> this Brain quickly? Yes. Yeah. We'll, well, we'll, I think we'll you, let's talk later, about your please. like we're it's a whole conversation of apps, phone usage. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm addicted. Yeah, like what what the concept Nintendo Brain Brain <laughs> Nintendo really Nintendo Brain yeah. <laughs> what it really means because we said we still say that to our kids yeah because growing up our my, our mom would say nintendo brain dad never said nintendo brain oh. i think so but he's like, mom, like nintendo brain nintendo brain just, yeah it's just because we had it's like once we reached a threshold that she decided <laughs> we didn't have screen time limits yeah we were just like, like yeah. mom and mom gonna be like nintendo brain get off <laughs> I'm like what happened? Did my eyes turn to spirals? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's but, three days later. Yeah. Oh gosh! <laughs> but I, that's what I feel like too sometimes now, and I even catch myself saying it to myself of like, "Oh my gosh, I have Nintendo brain. Oh. I need to stop." So, so for Lint, I gave up. I deleted all my phone games. So Hearthstone oh. is one that I play. I played way too much. Uh, and then I was playing the Marvel Snap, which they're great. Marvel Snap is real quick. And like, that's, that's the, that's the trick. That's true. Yeah. It's like, it's a quick, like, okay, I can play this. So, so over that, but then I just replaced it with other stuff. Then I was just on YouTube more or on Facebook yeah. or whatever. So that's the thing. I'm like, I want to just not, I want to purge. And so I'm not spending, I, I did spend less time on my phone. I did do that, but like, but I still found myself just the endless filling dead it with something scroll. else yeah and all that stuff i wanted to fill it with writing and like productive things but i didn't um but then like a few days after easter i, I re-downloaded hearthstone and i have a different relationship with it now really? like i don't mm. i'm not as crazy about it as i once was um i still play it but uh but then i found zombie waves oh no oh, and no. zombie waves is what brought me back in i'm like oh i'm back full zombie swing. brain now zombie of brain, yeah. brain. um so zombie waves just again we're not promoting this but it's it's one of the like because i've seen those games in the app store where you, it's like, there's like the two numbers and it's like there's a person walking and have you seen those those ads where it's like plus five years oh, or yeah. times two and yep, so you like walk in and they're like it both oh, yeah. and they have like they're shooting guns or arrows mm -hmm. or whatever yeah, and yeah. so so like I've wanted to play those type of games, but they're just riddled with ads and all this stuff. They're terrible. Yeah. So then I saw zombie waves where you're like in the middle of a, a wave of zombies that are coming at you and you're like, you have to shoot them, but you like keep leveling up. And so you keep like getting better weapons and better stuff. And you're like, Oh, I could get into this. So you don't have to watch ads, but like you can opt in. Like, so it's like, Oh, 
like I died, but I can revive myself. By I can watch watching an ad. An ad. Mm. And so, yeah. so I'm choosing to watch the ads instead of just them throwing on there. And I watch them all the time because I'm like, oh, I need, I need these things to level my character up. So I'm just going to watch Do you actually the watch the ad? Um, yes, because normally I would watch it and like I would be on my phone and not watching the ad, but then I'd watch you know, I do find it oh funny, like, people, if they do play a lot of phone games, like, they'll play it and just watch the ads for, like, weeks at a time when they could pay, like, $3 and just have no ads. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Jimmy. Um, like, $3, I don't have to worry about th- it. That, so, Marble Snap and Hearthstone don't have ads, like, at all. Like, you oh, can't watch okay. them or anything. Like, there's stuff you can pay for, but it's, like, there's no ads. Yeah. So, that's why I like those games. But Zombie Waves, I don't know. It's just, like, like you'll play, like, just for, a, like... You, so you kill zombies and then you get like little level yep. up things like this is in one level. And so you're like, Oh, now I unlocked like my bullets shoot faster. And then you play like just a little bit more and like, okay, now they, my bullets spread out more and like in mm-hmm. all this stuff. Now I can call down lightning from the sky. And so like, as you're playing one level, like all those things are happening, but then outside of the level, you get like better guns that do these yep. things better. And like, you can have a little village that you're building up and it gives your power ups, better things in the game. You're like, What's the worldview of it? Um, it is that the more, the more that you get, the better you'll be like, like there's just that just around the corner, then you'll be a little bit better. And so it's like, you're always chasing something that you're never going to obtain. I think. Well, and Mm. I I think as humans, we're just addicted to that kind of progression. Yeah. And because I think it's like life on a big picture scale. It's like, Oh, I can go put in the work. I can go to college. I can get a job and then I'll have this house and then I'll get a raise. I'll get more money. I'll have a bigger house, more cars. And you do that all like a game. Yeah. Yeah. All in four minutes. (laughs) And you're like, I need more. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just that, like that progression of like, okay, I got just enough. And that's what call of duty like does so well because there's like in your brain it releases um what, what's the dopamine dopamine yeah so mm-hmm. that dopamine and like that's what video game designers yeah. like want to do they want to release so they release it every so often that like keeps you like okay and then it like gets like okay now i've got to get this next there's this next hurdle there's always another hurdle so that what you you're saying jump. is nintendo brain is <laughs> A real a thing. Real no, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it's really <laughs> interesting when you look at like uh, video game Mom designers. Right. They, <laughs> Mom was so they, prophetic because they understand the human brain so well. They can design these games and gamify these designs so much where you are like addicted to it, and yeah. where it will they know how to keep you playing uh, for am. extended periods of time. And in the productivity world, uh, I've heard of people taking the same kind of principles from video games and then applying those to everyday things that you have to do yeah. to seeing those like visible results, seeing that progression, that, uh, that feedback loop. And there's a bunch of different kind of gamify elements right. that you can actually use in your own life to make your own life more enjoyable. By playing video games. That's the way. No, but, but yeah, but it's that, um, cause like early on you level up really quick and yep. you're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sweet. They got to hook you in first. Yeah. So you're progressing and you're like going fast and then they're like, Oh, then it takes five minutes instead of, Two, you're like okay, that's fine, and then then it's like ten minutes, and like, it gets longer and but longer. But it is weird because with life, it's the same thing. It's just it's an extended time. So you're like, yeah. I'm just gonna work the next ten years so I can have this next level up, and that's what I'm focused on for the next ten years, wow. just so I can level yeah. up. There was a great YouTube video. I think it was YouTube. Like it was like life is a video game. Oh and, yeah, and it was, it was like, probably one of the guys that I uh, was. Yeah, he's in kind of the productivity or self improvement niche. He's like, yeah, for the first eighteen years, it's kind of. 
and then he's like, then you level up at 18 and then you can do like, cause it talks about like, like you level up at certain yeah. levels, like 16, you, you get the, you open the car perk and then you can drive yeah. like, and then you can go further in your journey and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, then 18, then you get the power to do this and this and stuff. Yeah. He's like a 21. Then you can unlock these things. And you're like, Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah I just gamified it. Okay. So at the Q conference again, um, there was another speaker who, Game, gamified free time free time um oh. like, like the opposite of screen time so he they his company invented a one of those boxes i'm not sure if you've heard of those where you put your phone in and it charges while it's in there is it locked um it's not, not locked but oh, okay. it triggers an app that when you're done and you take your phone out of the box it says like you had you, this phone was in the box like let's say 17 minutes yeah and then it has a whole bunch of things that you check off like what you did mm -hmm. in that time and then it kind of gamifies like what you did with your free time so the incentives mm -hmm. are like oh you leveled up because you spent like breakfast time with your child and so it's like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you spent 17 minutes with your yeah. kid like look what would happen if you spent 17 minutes eating breakfast with your kid every morning instead yeah. of being on your phone or whatever and it and it shows you like what your life would how it would progress if you oh, spent man. that much time every day like you know and so it like gives you all these perspectives so it's really like you're playing the game when your phone is in your box but then you get to like see all your rewards yeah. once you take it out um and so i just thought that was a super interesting concept because it's it's making like enjoying life without your phone <laughs> really once you should and i'm like doesn't it kind of stink <laughs> like in our society we have to make like yeah. spending time with your kid like got to gamify it <laughs> yeah like a reward or like i need some instant gratification look what i yeah like look what i did like yeah. let's celebrate that i spent 17 minutes with my child <laughs> i need like, to give myself yeah. a chocolate bar if i do something like <laughs> yeah that. I, um, I have a friend that has an app that like it grows trees hey that's what i was about to say i saw okay. that where if you leave it alone it will grow and then once you stop it then the tree stops growing Oh, yeah, interesting. Oh, but does it kill the tree? I, I that's I, what I was I, wondering in my head. Well, if it I think kills you, it, I think you can set the timer for like like an hour. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then if you get on your phone, the, your tree dies. Oh, yeah, okay. so it's like you're trying to get in a deep work and just focus for an hour. Yeah. So you gotta yeah. make sure so the tree doesn't it, die. Like, and it's like a little garden and stuff that grows mm. on your phone, and you're like, oh. Yeah, so it's like people know that we're addicted to our phones, and that we really, really need to do something about it. So they're creating things on your phone like to, zombie waves yeah. great Everybody should try it. <laughs> to can, like counteract that when yeah it's just it's kind of sad Send it's the world no we live we get yeah we get addicted to it and it's like oh because i have instant access to everything like everybody's family albums and like yeah what but they're not doing and true relationship what they, what they had for breakfast with their kid yeah he made waffles that look like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. It's pancakes. So have you guys ever tried to delete like social media or is that? Nope. I am for it. <laughs> I, I've, I've deleted TikTok a couple of times. Like there'll be a times yeah, where I get, Instagram. I get in this loop where I'm just watching an absurd amount of TikTok. I'm like, I, well, cause, uh, part of being addicted is just the environment. So if it's super easy, like most of our phones are yeah. to get it. Cause I, I, one guy was talking about, he wanted to watch less TV. So every time he was done watching TV, he would unplug his TV and put it in the closet. 
So if he wanted to watch TV, he could watch it whenever he wanted, but he had to take it out of the closet, plug it in, mm-hmm. and then he could watch it. And just having that uh, that barrier of it's hard to get started, oh he basically didn't watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to get it out of the closet. <laughs> yeah, we've made it phones so easy. Yeah. yeah, easily accessible, so and you, you have to a, have it on you. you. Put it in a box. You have to get it out of that. You box. put it in a box, or if you delete the app, then you have to do it. Or if you have it where you don't just use Face ID or Touch ID, you actually have to manually type in your username and password every oh. time. Then anything you can do to make it harder to get that started, then you're like, oh, maybe I don't need to scroll on this right now. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. Well, put your phone in the closet every time. Yeah, <laughs> or any like anything you guys have tried. To at least limit it. Because I've put the limits on. Oh, I have that. And then now I'm so used to it. It's like, you ran out of time. I'm like, plus 15 minutes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Plus 15 minutes. I know. That's where where I'm at now. I'm like, (laughs) ignore for the day. I'm a no-limit soldier. (laughs) I always do the plus 15 minutes because I'm like, maybe then I'll just do 15 more minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm hopeful. Nothing else. I just give it to my kids. I go hide this. (laughs) That'd be a good idea. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I do try. Like, if... Like if I'm having a conversation with my wife, I try to put it down. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, you need <laughs> some. You like, we're gonna okay, talk boundaries for Maybe. real. So if I'm on my phone, Husband like doing stuff, and then she comes in the room and is talking, then I'm like, okay, like. I, but if I'm like doing something, that's where I'm like, oh, okay, I need to put it away. But yeah. Like, but yeah, but just not getting it out. Or like sometimes I'll just go plug it in. I'm like, okay, it's out of the way. It's out of the room. Yep. Like out of my pocket. Yeah. So uh, well, the, like, what oh. the guy was talking about is like every time you get that that hit, because it is based yeah. off of like dopamine as well. So he said like if it's, it's the opposite for the person with you. So if you were to like look down at your watch or like turn your phone for a second, they have the opposite reaction yeah. um, where it like they lose trust in, in your what you think of them oh, nice. yeah yeah isn't that great <laughs> i have a friend that if he gets on his phone while we're together i just i'll just stop yeah and just wait he's like i'm still listening I'm like are you though well most people can't yeah. multitask even if they think they can so yeah. yeah if my wife is on her phone like or she'll say hey give me a second so i can finish this yeah. and then i'll talk to you because if i try to talk to her while she's on her phone it just does not work yeah yeah so. but Adults, we can process that. And but he was saying where it's like really detrimental is your kids. Oh, yeah. Like if they're trying to have a conversation with you about something important and like yeah. serious to them, even if it may not be serious to you, like they're going to they're going to lose that trust. And then yeah. the next time they think about talking to you, they're going to remember that. Oh, and they're probably not. They, they may make the choice not to. So have breakfast with your kids. Hide your phones. Hide your kids. Hide your kids. Hide your, <laughs> your phones. Hide your phones Hide your in phones. a box. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, don't Woo. have a Nintendo brain. Mm. Uh, don't give backstories to villains. And follow good artists who are Christians. And Support them. Keep the bats out of your house. <laughs> Boy, April 15th. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. I'm Chris. I'm Adrian. And I'm Jimmy. This is Worldview Finder. We'll see you next time. Follow us on social media. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. (laughs) Click that blue check.